Hey, I'm Garrett. And I'm Daniel. And this is Modern Gaze. On today's episode, we have the star from RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, Hollywood star, joining us today. Welcome to Modern Gaze. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for having me. From the moment you walked out and had your entrance, I think Daniel and I both looked at each other and we were like instantly rooting for you. We we're like, that's our girl. That's who we want. We were so excited yeah. to see such a strong cast and to see you kind of just kick it off in such a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. What was it like walking out and being on the show? What was that experience like for you? Um, it was, to be honest, it's, it's, it was quite surreal. Um, mm. I've only been doing drag for a short period of time. Um, for about a uh, November, it'll be two years, but by that time, it was about a year and a half. And I never thought that I would actually get on the show. Um, it was, it all came very, very fast. And to meet RuPaul was just so amazing. Like, it's, she just seemed like there were a mirage standing there. We we're all kind of gagged about it. <laughs> um, but the whole experience, like, it was, it was just really, really great. And, I just feel really grateful, honestly. Mm. Your look was just so good. It was just so I loved good. your look in the first Mardi Gras like musical performance when you were like Hollywood coming in like thunder. <laughs> like with the glasses yeah. and everything and the strut, like it was like bam, you know? That was so fun. So that corset was made by my friend Diesel Darling. And um, when we first got the the brief for that, I was like, oh my God, I want to do dikes on bikes. And then I thought, I was like, well, if I do dikes on bikes, I have to do the Mugler-inspired motorcycle corset. Right. Um, and that, um, I can tell you this, actually, that was not supposed to be a dance challenge, which which they kind of changed it when we got there. No. Um, it was supposed to be a runway. So I didn't even know if that corset was going to hold up with all the stuff that we were doing. Right. But I had adrenaline and my nerves kicked in and all of that. And so I just literally... Gave it pedal to the metal and literally, you know, yeah. And then the like the ninth world wonder thing is so funny. I actually wish they would have showed this, but I knew there weren't nine world wonders. <laughs> I just thought, um, I think that nine rhymes better. And um, obviously, you know, with my background being a singer, nine is better to sing than eight. Mm. And so I was just, I talked about it in my, like in my, my interviews. Um, and it was quite funny because I was almost trying to count the world wonders and I couldn't remember them all. But, you know, I just deemed myself the ninth anyway. When you are in control and you're in your power, like you can just make up your own rules. Mm. So exactly. <laughs> your own reality. So people were asking me, so like, what's the eighth world wonder? And I was like, well, the eighth world wonder is Ashley Madison because I wonder how she got there. <laughs> <laughs> she told me that I could say that. <laughs> okay. But we love Ashley. You are known for your looks to, like already. And I mean, to be honest, like even today, like you have the look on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everyone, if, you. you're, if you're seeing this on video, definitely check it out on our instagram because hollywood you look stunting stunting thank you i just i put on you know a little ostrich feather for you today we love it where do you where do you normally draw your inspiration from for your looks i guess where does the hollywood star aesthetic come from it's kind of like i love pop culture um obsessed with naomi campbell yeah um 90s supermodels and also just kind of obsessed with like black Barbies. Mm. Um, when I was younger, I always wanted to play with Barbies. And so when I would go to my cousin's houses and like friends, when I like have little play dates and things, I would always play with their Barbies secretly. Mm. Wow. Um, 
And so I guess my my fascination, you know, with that old school glamour, but also mixed with that new Hollywood, that new age look. Mm. Um, so that's, I guess, kind of my aesthetic is a mix of everything, but just classic glamour. I love, no, I, I love that. Did you see the latest Barbie movie? I haven't seen it yet. I really want to go to see it. Um, I'm going to. We've just been running around so yeah. much. Um, but I've heard it's actually quite good. Uh, yeah, we just had like a good chat about why we think kids should be able to play with Barbies, no matter their gender or background. And I think it's a really great tool for people just to explore and play and be creative, be creative and help reveal who who they are, who they want to be as you get older in life. You are like a real life Barbie, Literally. because I think that's Aww. what's so exciting for so many of like this RuPaul's Drag Race fandom and everyone who loves the art of drag you are literally living this life so that it's so playful, that it's so joyful and it's so experimental because it can change mm -hmm. and it can adapt and evolve over time with that idea of play and Barbie, like you had mentioned, like you totally need a doll. Yeah. Like, like where's the Hollywood star, star doll? doll? I know I need to come out with a Hollywood doll. Like there's so many ideas that I have, but I, I, I want to do a Hollywood makeup brand, like yes. skincare, get the Hollywood look. We love you it. Know, there's so like I almost changed my name at one point, but I'm glad I didn't because I can just see so many brand collaborations. Absolutely. I mean, speaking of your name, where did your name come from? What was the spark that made you be like, yes, this is my name? Hollywood Star. Hollywood Star. Um, I've actually never even been to Hollywood. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I've never been to Hollywood. I'm originally born and raised in New York City and I've traveled all over the East Coast and I've been to LAX, mm -hmm. um, which is a dump. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I've also been to Las Vegas, but I came up with Hollywood because Hollywood, I think, sounds better than New York. And also, Hollywood is like, it's everyone wants to be in Hollywood. If it's you true. are in Hollywood, you're super glamorous. But I also think it's quite funny because the people who actually know Hollywood know it's actually not really that nice. Mm. So for me, it's a whole like fantasy. I wanted to create this persona where. I could literally be anyone that I want to be. I could like go anywhere that I want to be. I can be however age I want to be. Like I can literally just stay young forever. Mm. And so that's how I came up with the name Hollywood. And then the star is just because you're a star, right? You just added the star yes. on the end. I needed the star at the end because I was like, oh, I need a last name because then people were kind of shortening it to just like Holly and then uh, just Hollywood. Mm. Yes. And I didn't mm. really like Hollywood. So I was like, I'll add star. So it's yeah. Hollywood star. Especially in Australia, because I don't know if you've noticed this since you've moved here, but a lot of Australians like to shorten their words. So they will give you a nickname. So they would have yeah. definitely given you Holly if you had yes. just gone with Hollywood. Yeah, that's almost like my boy name as well. I think I'm very much a Timothy and not a Tim. Right. But I get Tim so often. So I was like, oh, well, let me just correct this now and just go Hollywood star. Yeah. Have you ever gotten like Timmy? <laughs> no, in America I do like, but here no. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, what's funny is like, you know, I'm from California, so I grew up like not so far away from Hollywood. You're from Hollywood, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Hollywood is like, you know, I've always known it as to be like a a place that's not that great, but there's a lot of tourism. Everyone's like like flocking there. But what is really amazing about Hollywood is that it's the idea mm. of like, yes. it's that concept and it's the dream and it's that fantasy. And you literally, it's perfect because you can bring Hollywood to you. You don't have to go to Hollywood. Mm. Mm. Like, you know, you can bring that 
energy and that fantasy and that idea of like that level of stardom, you know, in your own life. Mm. I love that. Um, and I've also yeah. lived in New York. New York was like a cool place. What brought you from New York City to Sydney? Like, yes. what, 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 why Australia? Why Australia? Um, well, I almost like 10 years ago, I would say. I met two Australian boys in New York City, mm -hmm. which is quite funny. And I was obsessed with them. Like, I met them, like, at a bar or something. And I kept in touch with them, like, almost, like, emailing, like, little pen pals. I was like, oh, it's my dream to go to Australia one day and all of this. And so one of them was having a birthday party and they were having entertainment because they knew that I was doing theater and stuff like that. And they were like, we'd love you to perform. And I was like, great there's an excuse for me to go and visit Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, and so I booked my flight to come here and I um, stayed for a month. And it was like literally the best month of my life. Like I could not believe that people lived like this here. I, <laughs> it's almost as if I, I felt like people were on holiday vacation, like all the time. They can go to the beach right after work. I just think the work-life balance for people was so amazing. And I just... I was like, oh my God, like, let me go back to America because I had to go back and do a tour. And then I was like, I'm going to try and just live in Australia for a year. Mm. And so I did a working holiday for a year and I just felt like that wasn't enough time. I didn't accomplish everything that I wanted to. Um, I got in some, some musical theater shows, but not the big ones that I wanted to get into. And I just didn't feel like I, I really got the leads that I was wanting. Mm. Um, and so that one year turned into two a two year turn to three and then now it's been nine years. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's a whole nother life on this side of the world and it is really incredible. What do you miss about like New York? Mm. Do you miss anything? Do you miss anything that like you wish was here? Um, I miss Caribbean food. <laughs> Fair. Um, but you can, I can, I've also found some places that you can get it here and stuff. Um, I miss the nightlife, of course, in New York City. Yeah. Like, the nightlife is amazing. There's always something to do every single day of the week. It's always busy. I do miss being able to go to the New York Philharmonic, the Metropolitan Opera, New York City Opera, all of the Broadway shows, but not just that, just, like, the plays. There's, there's so many options for theater and just mm. weird stuff, like the box and things that you can go to. Um, and, of course, I miss, like, my family and my friends. But I don't know. I just think here you guys have Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> Free Medicare. Yeah. Yes, you have Medicare. Like the food is fresher and healthier. Like, I don't know. People just live really well here. And so I, this is more of my home now than anywhere else. I think when you spend like nine years of like your adult life in a place, mm -hmm. you, you really find yourself. Cause that's what I, I felt like I did. I found myself while I was here and I feel more comfortable as Hollywood and Timothy than ever before. That's yeah. amazing. No, that's and Hollywood was born in Sydney, right? Like she's a, she's Hollywood a Sydney gal. Born in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like, Oh, you're like an American drag queen. But I'm like, well, I mean, I was born in America, but Hollywood was born here. I Correct. learned drag through YouTube. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. I learned my makeup and everything. Like I don't have a drag mom or a drag family or any of that. Like I sat during, um, COVID during lockdown and I painted my face every single day. I sat in the mirror and just did it every single day. Um, 
And so, yeah, Hollywood was born in Australia. So she's an Australian-American drag queen. I love that. You have a big background in performance and singing, and you've done stage performances like Kinky Boots. I mean, like you have a lot of variety in the way that you've honed in your craft. What was like that foundation like? What were the early stages of of your creative dramatic career? Um, well, I... I grew up actually singing classical music, mm-hmm. um, and I went to a boarding arts high school in South Carolina called South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts and Humanities. And from there, that kind of set me up for really the rest of my life. That's where I was taught how to sing. That's where I was taught to learn about my craft and how to have stage presence and the things that you need to do to keep your career and your longevity in that. Um, and then from there, I got accepted to Juilliard and Manhattan School of Music. I went to Manhattan School of Music, had lessons at Juilliard and all of that stuff, and started going into the opera world. Mm-hmm. And I told myself I wouldn't do theater, but I was actually dating this boy who was doing <laughs> musical theater. <laughs> and so I was afraid he was going to leave me, so I started doing musical theater. Wow. I've always loved singing and dancing and acting. Um I actually thought I would be famous before now. (laughs) It's okay. I think we all did. It's all right. You're not the only one. I thought I would be, but you know, you know, things come when they're supposed to come. Correct. And, um, but yeah, I guess that background and that foundation of training that I had when I was younger has really set me up for what I'm doing now. And I think it's, that's why on like on screen and things, I come off as so confident because I've been doing it for so long And even when I don't feel comfortable and confident, I know how to fake it. Mm. So, you know, that training and that background has helped me so much. Yeah. To reel it back to Drag Race, what was your motive or I guess the reason to kind of apply for Drag Race? Well, I, I feel like even with just drag in itself, I've always wanted to do drag. Like Uh I was always really afraid to kind of show my feminine side Mm. i think we live now in such a world with like the gay culture where everyone wants to be like muscly and ripped and you know have this aesthetic and so when i first moved to sydney i was like working out every day and trying to get like really ripped and like be really masculine and things and but i also kind of wanted to be feminine and things like that it's something that i've always had about myself that i thought that i was hiding from Mm. a young age and so i've always wanted to um, do drag because I was obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. I've watched every single episode of like, right. every single season. And I've always been like, I want to do that. Uh-huh. But I never kind of just like did it. And so I guess it's been a dream for a very, very long time. And so when I decided in lockdown to learn how to paint my face and just like commit to it, I thought to myself, I'm going to get on the show. Yeah. I'm going to apply I'm going to learn everything and perfect everything as much as I can. And I'm going to get on. Mm. And I got on. That's so amazing because I think there's this like misconception because we're big fans of the show as well. And I think there is this misconception, especially like around other queens when they're like, oh, she's a new queen. She's only been on the scene for about a year or so or six months. But I think Mm. for aspiring queens or people who are learning makeup or want to explore their feminine side, I think it's so inspiring for 
new queens to kind of go on those major platforms like RuPaul because it gives other people hope that they can also do that and achieve their dreams. To achieve so much in, in a short window, I think it just proves how much heart and how much that like leads you because, you know, to be honest, like to achieve what you have and mm. to be able to feel so confident and to also at least you know, present yourself so confidently, um, even through challenging times, like it's really, I think inspirational and can be like a really great motivation tool for other people. For sure. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And even just like with my background, like I didn't grow up with a lot of money or anything like that. And everything that I have, I have literally had to fight for and try 10 times harder than everyone else. It was hard moving to Australia by myself. I didn't move with any family. I had those like those two friends that I knew, but I made my own family here and mm. I made my own way. I made my own life. Um, and it's I've had some really great highs, but I've also had some really low lows. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that has all shaped me and changed me to be like the strong person that I am. Like, and I also know that I come from a long lineage of strong ancestors. And so like, I hold that very highly and that's that's i think that's why i can just sail through i love that so speaking of moving to a whole new country how did you find the community the drag community in general with you know once you kind of stepped into that was it warm was it cold what was your experience when i first moved to sydney being an international everyone loves internationals so i made lots of friends and it was really nice and i still have like i have a big community like as timothy like i've headlined mardi gras as timothy um, i've done lots of great things and being new in the drag community has been a little difficult okay <laughs> you know <laughs> i have to say like in in the sydney community it's very it's very closed i would say interesting um there are queens here who have been doing it a very long time and I totally have respect for them and what they do. And this is what, you know, this is what they have been doing for a very long time. But I do feel like the Sydney drag scene does lack a sense of trying to have up and comers, mm -hmm. you know, welcoming. Like to me, it seems really strange because I'm like, you're not going to be around forever. Right. And you didn't create drag. Drag, this art form, you know, has been around for eons of years. And so people, I think, need to be nurturing, you know, these new artists to come up and things and not have this thought process that, you know, people are stealing their jobs and things like we're all there's so many there's so many jobs in that aspect. So, Correct. you know, it, I've had some some good times in the Sydney drive community, but um, also some really tough ones, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and being an international anyway, I've felt like an outsider. Mm. And so it's it's yeah, it's. It's a very strange kind of, um, yeah. Scene. Well, there's a history, right, of different types of drag queens that have a lot of experience, even on the shows and in all the seasons and all of the runs of, of RuPaul's Drag Race, where there's a little bit of judgment, there's a little bit of um, kind of uh, what we call here in Australia tall poppy syndrome, where... Yes. You know, it's like you haven't put in the work, you have not put in the time, you have not had this and have had that or whatever. Or you didn't follow the same path. And people even felt the same way about Sugar and Spice on their season. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just and there's sometimes a division between older and younger queens, which is which is terrible. It's alienating on both ends. And, mm. you know, it's like especially when you're young and you're 
new or you're just kind of gaining sturdiness in your foundation support and that kind of sense of family is so important Mm -hmm. um and to be shut out so quickly can be really difficult like do you feel that even with like your castmates on rupaul's drug race do you feel like you had that better support system like instantly or do you think it still took some time to develop or was there nothing (laughs) (laughs) i know (laughs) um no i mean my my drag sisters, you know, in the show, we're all very close. I think when we all first got there, I do have to admit, I think they were a little afraid of me. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. But not in the fact that I was going to, like, hurt them or anything. Oh, intimidated. Think, yes, intimidated. Like, I'm not intimidating. You're intimidated. And that's Correct. not my issue. Mm-hmm. That's something that you feel that you are not confident enough mm-hmm. to actually stand there for someone who actually knows themselves, who knows, you know, they have the confidence to be there, to take up space. And um, so I did feel like a little bit, they were like, oh, oh my God, Hollywood. Yeah, but it's also a competition. And they knew that I had star quality. Yes. I have a good game face. Mm. Like, even if I am terrified, I will still be like, hmm. yeah. okay. I love it. That's nice. And you'll see it on the show. Yeah. (laughs) I also feel like for you, like from what we've seen so far, you have a really good connection with Floor and we love her. We think you guys obviously are amazing together. I feel like the, you can see that organic friendship. You can see that organic support. You can see that organic lifting one another up and supporting each other. So I think it's so nice on the show when you see that sisterhood and that bond with one another, it's very special to watch. Um, Flora and I, which they didn't show on the TV show, but I actually speak Spanish. And when she came in, I started speaking Spanish to her. And so that's how we were like, boom, we're just going to be, we have that connected. connection. But also mm. it was Flora's from Guatemala and she has lived in New Zealand for, I think, eight or nine years, about the same as me, basically in Australia. So we had that connection as well. And I think anyone who moves away from their home country, a different language barrier, you know, um, that can do the same thing that I did. And I know how hard it was. That's why I always have her back. And that's why we were so close because there were so many similar qualities and she's Mm -hmm. younger than me, but I just, I don't know. Like I just gravitated towards her because Mm -hmm. I felt this, this energy, this loving energy. And yeah, so Flora's definitely my girl. We love it. In the Sydney scene or like post-show now, like do you feel like you've built better friendships or more friendships or do you think people have been maybe pushing themselves away, feeling like intimidated again? I actually don't really even hang out with a lot of drag queens. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't, but that's because I'm new to the scene and I already had, you know, you have your your friends, your big close group of friends and things. Mm -hmm. And I also hold myself very professional and I don't have to be hanging out in the clubs all night. I have a couple of those nights. (laughs) Yes. But like, I have my close group of friends and I actually quite like having people outside of the drag world as friends so Mm -hmm. I can get out of that element and things but you know yeah some some have been right really really lovely um I can tell that others now that they see them on the show are you know lovelier um but then there also have been some that have been very jealous right but they've always been very very jealous Mm -hmm. um since I've started and kind of like almost tried to hinder me and becoming, you know, Hollywood and getting this far and things like that. Um, But as you said before, I feel like it is a part of the, like, Australian culture with that tall poppy syndrome. I heard the saying, like, where there's, like, a bucket of crabs, and when they see one trying to come out, they try to pull it back in. Right. And I have 
definitely felt that energy and that vibe here. Um, because yeah, I just, I don't really do anything to anyone. I, don't, I mind my own business. Um, but you know, people can just have their own ultimatums and things that they <laughs> want to that's make right. up about you and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But that's just how the world goes. Like, I think once you achieve a certain level of success, there's always someone that's going to say something about you. There's always someone that's going to do something or try to, like, it happens to everyone. Like, Correct. That's so, right. So I kind of just brace myself for mm. the good and the bad. No, oh, fair it. enough. And you just did the Drag Expo here in Melbourne, and there's DragCon happening all over the world, really. There's a, there's a lot of celebrations where the fans come together and a lot of queens get together. But here in Melbourne, what was that experience like? Was that, like, your first event that you've done since the show? Uh, yeah, well, I was performing, like, at the Drag Expo Gala which is in a huge theater. And I got to work with Alexis Michelle, Mo Hart, Tammy Brown, Honey Davenport, the big names, the big American queens. Um, so that was, that was incredible. But also like Drag Expo was so nice because that was my first time having a booth and I got to meet all the fans and they were all so lovely. And like, they're like, some of them were even like shaking when they met me. And I was mm -hmm. just so, I felt so honored and so mm -hmm. grateful to just, have the platform, but even for them to even have a conversation with me, um, I thought was amazing that I get to talk to these people. So like, I will do all the expos that I can. Um, I can't wait to do DragCon in America because yeah, my heart was definitely full. That's yeah, amazing. and it's so cool because like you have the art of the performance, you have that joy that comes from the fandom, which is incredible because they're just outpouring so much support and you're impacting people's lives and helping them build confidence, helping them see themselves. <laughs> there is a 30-year going award show called the Diva Awards here in Australia, yes. in Sydney, and you are included in celebration um rightfully so can you tell us a little bit about what the awards are and what it means for drag and the world of drag within sydney yeah definitely well the deeper awards have i think this is the 30th year that it's been around and these awards are to celebrate the drag community but not only the drag community just the nightlife community in general so that's bartenders that's venues that's the production shows, that's the male dancers. It's There's so much that this award show entails and is about. Um, so yeah, I was, I was totally honored that my name was on the list. That was very, very cool. I, I think it was, they've had two, a two year break because of COVID. Um, so I think this one was pretty special for everyone to now have it again in August. And maybe the pressure is high because there are a lot of people that feel a very certain kind of way about what it should be and what it shouldn't be. And how you should vote and what you should say to your fans and what you shouldn't <laughs> say to your fans. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Well, absolutely. The thing about it is this. Um, there are really, there were really no rules in the voting process. And I've spoken personally to Lex, who is the head of the Deeper Awards. And there was a kerfuffle about me offering five signed posters or something. Right. Um, for, if they, somebody wanted to vote for me in that aspect, which we're able to do. Like, they encourage voting. They want the press. They want all of this. I don't think five signed autographs of me being on Drag Race is going to sway a vote mm. um, in any sort of way. But there was one person in particular who was trying to attack me, but this person has been trying to attack me for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like the jealousy is so apparent. 
But the Deep Rewards is a community-based vote. It's a public vote. And for some of the community, this is all that they have. And I realized that for myself, that I'm very lucky to now have a platform on Drag Race. So I don't need a Diva Awards. To be in the room with my community, um, celebrating everyone else, I want everyone to win, mm. you know? I, I, I don't think that we should be bullying our community in any sort of way. This is not the Oscars, you know, this is like, I've already won, I'm on Drag Race. Correct. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel super grateful that I have the platform and many of them won't get the platform that I have. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's kind of what I have to say about that. Yeah, no, um, fair enough. It's a celebration. It's a t it's a way for people to come together as a community, and I definitely think that it's a joyful time, right? It's a joyful time, and you know, yes, everybody wants yeah. to be celebrated. Everybody wants to be like told that they're the best. You know, mm -hmm. and you've done it. And you're like, yeah. congrats! But at the same time, you're missing the point. Like the point is that celebration, right? Yes, as my mom said, you know, when your light is so bright some people can't help but to be blinded. Absolutely. And, and I always just have to keep that in mind that like, even I think people kind of talk about like when Ivory tried to come for me on the show and she was a little upset and how I kind of just sat there in my, you know, and just let her, people, I, I have a lot of empathy for people and um, I can see where the hurt is coming from or mm. why they may think that something is wrong or I don't, I don't know. Like I just, I try to look on the, the other side of the river right. and see why they would be doing this mm. instead of just going around and just attacking people. I yeah. That. Cause I think that like when you live in your confidence and that you are proud of what you have achieved or how you present yourself, there is that point of like reflection and like of awareness, right? Like you just kind of like check in mm -hmm. around you to be like, okay, like how am I infecting others? And not that you're necessarily responsible for how they feel or need to yeah. turn, mm -hmm. dial yourself down or to kind of lower your energy to make someone else feel more comfortable. It's just more of the sense of like, you potentially just need to be aware, like, and just yeah. see, like, mm. how are you feeling? Just to have that, like you mentioned, empathy. Like, do you feel like through your experiences in life in general, not just through drag and through RuPaul's Drag Race, like, how do you find your confidence when you feel like it's being mm. tested or when it's mm. feel like it's starting to dim? Well, I, I, I have a really good support system. I think that's a really, really important thing. Um, I have loving family and friends and, you know, a partner and everything. So I think that's very, very helpful. But I think also when you've been through so many things in your life, you kind of put it into perspective of where this, where that sits. And so for me, of course, everyone has feelings and things. And of course, like you, you feel really crappy when things don't go your way or when someone is attacking you. But in hindsight, I know I'm like, oh, well, I'm feeling this way now, but I know that tomorrow or like in a few hours, I will feel much better. And like, so I think it's just, I don't know. I just, I think it's just being comfortable in your own skin and having that life experience. I mm. think I have a lot of life experience that kind of keeps me level-headed mm. and um, helps me persevere, you know, because when stuff like that happens, it actually makes me work 10 times harder. Absolutely. You know, you go with makes, the fuel, right? It makes you fire. It sets a fire under me. Like, mm. and those fires 
have literally led to where I am today. I love that. That's really cool. Thanks. You know, thank you. Thank you for, you know, I I thank people for for almost giving me that pain, giving Mm. me that, because it makes me work harder and look where I am now. This is just the beginning. This is only the beginning for Hollywood. And I think a lot of people understand that and see that as well. Yeah. And like, even like you mentioned before, like one of your big influences was Naomi Campbell. And like, she's notorious for being super confident and saying it how it is and being really proud of who she is and where she comes from and taking no shit. Mm. And then just literally just being her. And I think a lot of people like earlier on in her, I mean, I used to be obsessed with fashion. I used to be obsessed with her as well. And like, I still am. I guess. And she has always said that you really have to own your power and give no excuses and never really kind of make any apologies for anything that you don't Mm. need to apologize for. But at the same time, really give that love and appreciate the people that come to support you i hope that she like can preside over another runway um critique you know in the future <laughs> just to see that again i know that's so funny when she was on there with shea Coulee, i was like my dream oh. <laughs> i was like it's probably never gonna happen again but hopefully one day in the future i can meet her and like talk yes. to her and stuff absolutely so put it out incredible. put it out to the universe it'll come well i guess for yeah. For the younger queens that have already been inspired by your story and are following along with the show and rooting for you, what is your message to them in their experience and being new in in an industry that they may not find all the support that they need to have? It can be very scary to start out at first. It's, It's a lot, you know, if you want to start into drag or just even the performing industry because there are a lot of people now. <laughs> I feel like it's become a very big thing that people want to be in the performing field. So, yeah. Um, but I would say there's always someone there to help. I think I have been very lucky and I, I've reached out to a lot of people and things like that for help. And I work with a lot of designers and there's always someone who is willing to help, I think. And so hmm. I think you'll eventually find your family and your community of someone who also believes in you. Um, so I wouldn't feel discouraged if you feel that way at first, but also if you want to do it, just like go and do it. Right. Like don't let people to be like, Oh, well now everyone does drag. So like now you're doing it. Like if you want to do it and you feel like in your heart, it's something that is meant for you, then go out there and do it. I can't stand when people are like, Oh, I can't do it now because everyone's doing it because you know, the way that you're going to do it is going to be very different than the way someone else does it. Absolutely. And also tenure has nothing to do with anything. Just because you've been doing something for 18 years, 10 years, it doesn't, that does not mean that you are the best at it. Correct. Tell you. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's not just about the time. It's really about who you are and what mm. you're bringing hundred like, yeah. percent. I, I definitely have a pressing question that I've been wanting to ask you and it's about, I yes. guess, as drag, right? As an art form, how do you balance Timothy and like your everyday life with Hollywood? Do you find it difficult to go between the two? Do you merge them together? Do you live them separately? Like how do you find balancing Timothy and Hollywood? Um, okay. So it's getting better now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I first started, um, it was a lot for me because, um, it's just a lot putting this on and, having those two personas Mm -hmm. but the more that now i feel like hollywood and timothy aren't very far removed Mm. like my personality as timothy is not that like and hollywood's not like so um 
I think they've merged together in a bit. And now I am better at taking time for Timothy and still having my Hollywood as well. Um, but now I feel like if I didn't have Hollywood, Timothy wouldn't be, you know, who he is today. Would you continue your singing career as Hollywood? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing way more singing as Hollywood and you'll see soon. Um, yeah, definitely when you're coming out with some music and things like that. But also like Timothy is still there. I'm still acting, still doing things, going in for castings. The goal is to like get on like a TV show and be able to play Timothy, but then also have Hollywood. Oh, yeah, I love you know? that. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Like even with Shea Kulea, I know that she's coming up with some really amazing projects. She's in Marvel. Uh, like mm-hmm. mind blown. I'm like mind so blown. excited. We have like a quick question. Get to know Hollywood. Okay. Okay. Oh God. We can't go without this. Okay. Okay. So what is your star sign? Sagittarius. On the current season of RuPaul's Drag Race, who do you think had the most interesting fashion looks on the runway this season? How do you take interesting? <laughs> We're leaving it at interesting. <laughs> know, yeah. It's a short fire question, Garrett. Um, I would say floor. Okay. Favorite all time drag queen globally? Ooh. Mmm. It'd be a mix between Naomi Smalls and Miss Fame. Love that. Yes. Um, Okay. What would be your ultimate lip sync for your life song if you had to pick one? Beyonce Diva. Yes. I think you just did that at Expo, (laughs) right? Yes. I love that song. We love it. Um, Which was also kind of a sign. It was like also like a funny thing because the divas and I was like, I'm going to do diva. Ooh. (laughs) The shade. A little hidden, little cheeky shade. We love it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just like everything that I do has a message. Yes, we love it. Number one diva in this game for a minute, honey. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What era is Hollywood star currently in? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Hollywood star is a new age. She's in the now. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Yeah. Being She's present. in the now. She's in the She's now. In the new age of drag. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've had an absolute blast with you. It's been such a treat. Yeah. And I can't wait to see how this season unfolds. Any kind of like sneaky, sneaky reveals or juicy teas? Um, what can I tell you? Well, this <laughs> week is Snatch Game. Yes. Mm. And they, everyone knows that. Um, do you know what character I'm? Just have a guess. Oh. <gasps> Oh. Whitney Houston? I'm going to say Naomi Campbell. I mean, who can it not be? I, I can't tell Naomi you anyway. Campbell. <laughs> Damn it. I can't tell you anyway. Oh, and wait till you see the runway that we have tomorrow. Oh, amazing. Uh, well, we will be watching. I'm sure all of our listeners will be watching as well. Yes. And if you guys are not, I hope you are all rooting for Hollywood Star. Definitely follow her on all the socials and we'll have some more links in our episode notes so you can connect with her and follow along on all the beautiful projects that you'll be doing in the near future. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. See you later. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Modern Gaze. We hope you're enjoying our podcast so far. Make sure that you follow, turn on alerts, and even turn on auto-downloads so that you get our episodes first. 
Our episodes come out every Tuesday and they stream anywhere podcasts play. 